I was probably two or three or four when I heard this story for the first time. My mother is the one who shared it with us. And it's so interesting when you love, when you learn to love somebody, you can see nothing but goodness and kindness and love. And it was when I became an adult that I discovered that this story is a mix of love and grace and valor. But there are also some elements in the story that are very questionable. Stories, uh, elements that have to do not only with something that happened many years ago, but maybe is relevant in today's culture. There are five major characters in the story. The first one is the king, and his name was, I call him, as Trina said, Mr. X. Mr. X. He had another name. In Latin, his name is Asueros. Asueros. And Asueros was, or Mr. X, was the king of a vast, vast empire. From northern Africa to India to the southern part of Greece. Huge. 127 different provinces. Very rich in us. Strong, powerful. And yet... Weak. The second most important person in the story, obviously, is the queen, Esther, Hadassah, two different names, one before she was selected to be the queen, and the other one after she became the queen, Esther, star. Hadassah, beautiful. In fact, the story describes her as a young girl, young lady, who was beautiful, beautiful physically and in character. It's a rare combination. And I'm going to look to this group now because you know what I'm going to say better than the rest of us. You know young ladies who are physically beautiful, absolutely magnificent. You look at them and say, wow. <laughs> wow. And then... You want, you start talking about, you are desperate to connect with that lady. And after a while you said, whoa. <laughs> oh, this is horrible. <laughs> and then you connect with somebody who came a little bit later in the distribution of beauty. And you talk to that lady, and you say, wow. Beauty doesn't always match grace. And many times, those of us who came later into the process, but were endowed with the blessing of Christianity and the presence of Christ in our lives, show a sense of beauty that nothing else can give it to you. Nothing else and nobody else. Esther had both. She attracted the king, the most powerful on planet earth at that moment. And she was really beautiful, gorgeous. It was a wow kind of girl. And when the king tried to connect with her, not by force, but he wanted her to be his wife. 
It was another, wow. She is beautiful inside. She is beautiful outside. And as Miss Trina said a few moments ago, she was an orphan. And her cousin or uncle, both translations could be correct, raised her in the love of God. And then you have a very questionable character by the name of Haman, or Aman. He was the prime minister. He was the most important person after the king and the queen. He was the Aga guy. Very interesting name. So when I went to the Bible and to dictionaries just to find what Aga guy is, I discovered something interesting. That he was a descendant of Isa. Isa and Jacob were brothers, remember? They didn't get along. When they were in the womb of their mother, they were fighting. And they fought all their lives as good siblings. And so Isa, <laughs> some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And Isa became an enemy of Jacob's and his descendants. So he's a natural enemy of Esther. Their races are at war with each other. He doesn't know that she's a Jew. But eventually, that will be unveiled. And the last character that is mentioned in the Bible is Mr. M. Mardokei, is that how you pronounce it? Okay, I call them by the first letter. Mr. M. So we have Mr. X, we have Esther, Hamas, Mr. M, and there is one more. Which one is the fifth most important person or character in the story? Who? Yes, Mr. M. But besides these four, who is the fifth one? Who? Who said that? Don't be afraid. Raise your hand. You are absolutely right. What's your name? You are beautiful. <laughs> you are beautiful. God. And you said, how is it possible that God is one of the five characters? He is not even mentioned in the book of Esther. The name God is not mentioned in two books in the Bible. The book of Esther and Song of Solomon. And if you want excitement, you have to read those two books. You have to read both. But the absence of the word God was so upsetting to Martin Luther that he decided, he said, if I would have the power to take one book from the Bible, I out would be the book of Esther. God is not mentioned. Martin Luther came to that conclusion. And he said, it's so Jewish, and it's so anti-everything. I don't like that book. I don't like that book. I love that book. I love that book. I love Esther. I love everybody. I have a hard time with Hamas. Haman. Haman. Or Aman. Okay, let's see if we find anything that we could benefit with from the story. What was the problem with Mr. X? He had a problem. He had two or three problems. But the number one problem that caused the dismissal the, the of, or demise of the Queen Vashti, what was the problem? 
starts with an A. Alcohol. Alcohol. Is that a problem today? Let me submit to you that alcohol today is as much a problem as it was in the time of, time of Easter. This week, this week, in one of the TV stations, they said that alcohol, how do you say that, bench? When you drink and drink and drink? Exactly, that's the way it should be said. Today is worse than ever before in the history of America among young people, young adults, and adults. There was another, another special on Wednesday in one in ABC that says that alcohol has become so much part of the culture in America that even pregnant women are drinking alcohol. And then they explain how alcohol affects the baby. There is no protection whatsoever, the baby in their wombs. And yet, they have learned that if they go to a restaurant and it's already noticed that they are pregnant, people look at them with dirty looks. So they decide to continue drinking at home with their friends. And then problems come with their babies. Alcohol today is as much a problem as it was before. Well, let's go to Amon. What, what was the problem with him? He was a racist. I had the privilege of being a school principal in Miami. And the mix that you find, the race mix in Miami, is very similar to what I see right here. Very similar. So my children, they grew up in an environment where colors have no meaning. Everybody is the same. Everybody is the same. But let's be honest. Let's be honest, young people. Let's be honest, adults. Is racist a problem or not in America? Thank you for your honesty. Just think about colors. And I, I like to be very, very transparent in my presentations or in my personal life. Just think about colors. Black. Brown. Here we will say Mexicans. Yellow. Oh, all yellows are genius. Have you ever heard that? Yes. They don't need to take te uh, tests. They are straight A's. Is that true? How about white? White. Well, only you and no, and God, only you and God know exactly if you are racist or not. Because we are not going to confess it. Sometimes I hear people from my own nation who said, oh, we are not racist. They are lying. They are lying. Most of us are. Most of us are. Yes. And in the book of James, it says very clear that anybody who has makes a difference because of race or social or financial, it makes a uh, um, comparison, but there is a term that starts with a D. Uh, um, Distinction, there is another word that is more specific. <laughs> well, you make a difference in people, okay? You treat differently. 
Okay, that's a word. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're sinning. There are five definitions of sin in the Bible. And that's one of the five. You are blessed to be where you are. Where colors don't make any difference. All of us are children of God. Do you believe that? Exactly. It doesn't matter if you're brown or super brown or super white. God loves you the same. He judges not by the color. He judges by the heart. At the moment that he had a problem with Mr. M. And he said, eh, it's of not value to kill him alone. Let's kill all the Jews. Not knowing that at that moment he was talking about against the, his own queen. His own queen. Let's go to Queen Esther. Queen Esther. When, as I said at the beginning of our brief presentation, or sermonette, when you love somebody, you don't see bad in that person. Yeah, love is blind. Love is blind. True love is blind. In 1 Corinthians 13, when he describes 14 characteristics of love, it says, love doesn't keep record of wrongs. Okay? That's why, that's why, well, I'm not going to give you an illustration. Uh, love is blind. I never saw anything questionable in the book of Esther until I became an adult. That doesn't mean that I lost a sense of love. It meant that, hey, I said, wait a moment, Esther, what were you doing there? There are some things here in chapter 2 that are very questionable. She was part, and I'm going to mispronounce this, okay? I warn you. A harem? You see? (laughs) And there is another word, concubine. Very good. <laughs> you will remember this sermon for a while. Concubine. Concubine means that that person is not your wife. Esther. A concubine. She could have said what Daniel said. I made a promise in my heart not to defile myself with immorality. She didn't. She didn't. She's part of the both, the H and the C. How come? How come? I used to love Esther so much, and now I discovered that she was not that pure and not that clean. How about when the killing day came and she got from King X the ability to defend themselves? And then the first day, how many people died killed by the Jews? <laughs> the Jews, how many people they killed only in Susa or Shusa? 500 in one day. And then she comes... <laughs> She comes to King X and he says, King, I have a request for you. Would you give us an extra day? We need to kill a few more people. And then the next day they kill 
300 more. And I suspect that she would come, she would have come a second day asking for more lenience, but thought that that was enough. When she learned that 75,000 people all over the king, kingdom had been killed by the Jews. Where is that vengeance coming from? Doesn't the Bible say in the Old Testament and in the New that vengeance belongs to whom? To the Lord. To the Lord. So my dear brothers and sisters, particularly in this group, and also it's true right there. If somebody says something about you, and the natural reaction is, I will take care of you. (laughs) Just wait. I will wait for the opportunity. I will let you have it. (laughs) Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever done it that way? Very good. (laughs) You are beautiful. Yes. I like people who are honest. Yes. You will get it. You say this about me, I'm going to see this, this, and this about you. Yes. Well, maybe we can learn something today. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. And it was at that moment when Esther lost a little bit of her beauty. Vengeance Begins, begins to the Lord, belongs to the Lord. Notice the difference between one who doesn't believe in God, a man, and the one who believes in God, Esther. And there is a moment when both of them were sinning in the same kind of sin. Vengeance. Vengeance. The Apostle Paul has something to say about that. And he said, what is the difference What is the difference if we, who call ourselves Christians, hate people the same as the non-believers? There is no difference. None whatsoever. None, None whatsoever. So my appeal today is, let the Lord handle the situation. Be careful with this instrument. Tongue. In the book of James, it calls that instrument right here, that is so humid, and that's why it moves so fast. Like a fire, a wild beast. Let God handle the situation. The last one, and I need to finish in three minutes. The last one, God. Did Esther believe in God? Yes or no? Good. Even a child said yes. Very good. Very good. I believe so. Why? The word God is not in the book of Esther. I don't know. I don't know. But let me tell you something. There are people right here who are very good in writing things. But they are not very good in communicating things. They will tell you, they will send you a card, a postcard. I love you so much. And you, uh, this and this from you, are an inspiration to me and so on. But they would never tell you that face to face. Never. Never. Because they are bashful or whatever. Esther is one of those persons. One of those individuals. Do you want, to, do you want me to read something that she wrote, according to Josephus, that is very interesting about God? Here it is. 
In fact, it's so beautiful. When you go and see her sepulcher, her tomb, you will find this inscribed on her tomb, right there. And it goes like this. I praise you, O God, that you have created me. Did she believe in God? I know. Notice this. This is beautiful. I know that my sins merit punishment. Yet I hope for mercy at your hands. For whenever I call you, you are with me. Your holy presence secures me from all evil. Let me repeat this. Your holy presence secures me from all evil. O God, shut not my soul out from your divine presence. Those whom you love never feel tormented by hell. Lead me, O merciful Father, to the life of life that I may be filled with the heavenly fruits of paradise. Don't you love it? Oh. When I think about Esther, I feel about, I think about you and me. And King David. King David is one of the two individuals in the Bible that God said, he has a heart after my own heart. King David also made horrible mistakes. He committed mistakes similar to the ones that Esther did. Seventh commandment and the eighth commandment. And the sixth and many others. Okay? But they are very similar. They, they are the sins. Very similar. And yet God called David a man after my own heart. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Mr. M. What is the quality of Mr. M? He was one of those few, very few, who had the trust of somebody who was in trouble. Whenever Esther had a problem, she would come to her uncle or cousin. I don't know if he was an uncle or a cousin. Sometimes it gives the impression he was an uncle, sometimes he was a cousin. But her confidant was her uncle or cousin. You may be, in, and I, I suspect that is true with some of you, and some of you, and some of you, some of us, that we are in deep trouble, but nobody knows. Nobody knows. Some of you may be pregnant, but you don't want anybody to know about that. In fact, I know that is true right here today. You don't want anybody. But finally, you are so disturbed at whatever is going on in your life, and you go to somebody that you trust. Somebody that cares for you. Somebody that is not going to reject you. Somebody that is going to love you as you are. That was Mr. M. That person may be your dad. That may be your mom. That may be your brother. That may be your sister. That may be your teacher. And God bless the teachers. And you have wonderful teachers in San Diego Academy. That is beautiful. Yes. Or you may go to some place, somebody else. But make sure that that confidant is somebody who loves God. 
Because it's impossible to love a sinner unless you love God. Okay? Very good. Let me finish with this. According to tradition, and this is very interesting, according to tradition, Mr. X and Queen Esther, they had one child. One child. And according to tradition, that child was named Cyrus. If you know your Bible, you know that Cyrus is mentioned in Isaiah 44, verse 88, to 45, verse 4. He is the one who blessed the Jews by sending them back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple and to restore the worship of God. I don't know if that is true or not, that their son is Cyrus. I would love to think that that is true. But let me finish with a word of warning. Beware, young people. Even those who are talking among themselves. Young people, beware of something. One of these days, one of these days, God may choose you to be the Esther. In trouble, maybe, but bring honor and glory to the name of God.